Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Sometimes a celebrity court case comes into the world and it gets its own nickname, like the Ski and Run trial. I mean, it already screams lifestyles of the rich and famous, doesn't it? This is Courtroom Drama, the podcast that looks at exactly what happened during high-profile celebrity court cases and investigates how the courtroom system operates. We've done all the research, gone down the rabbit holes and even read the court transcripts, so you don't have to. I'm your host, Jackie Ezadeji, I'm going to be getting into the who, what and when with barrister Grace Rose Gwynn and fashion psychologist Dr Dion Turlong. Today we're getting deeper than an Ugbu in snow because we're talking Sanderson vs Paltrow. So wrap yourself in something warm because you're about to get served. In an upscale ski resort known as Deer Valley... On February the 26, 2016, two skiers briefly became one. And then... And according to the court transcripts, they even spooned when they collided. It was kind of like a spoon on the ground. Seven years later, a celebrity trial involving a 76-year-old retired, retired optometrist, optometrist Terry Sanderson, and Oscar-winning actress turned wellness influencer Gwyneth Paltrow began. Sanderson originally filed a lawsuit seeking $3 million in damages from Paltrow in 2019, who he claimed crashed into him, causing a brain injury and four broken ribs. That was reduced to $300,000. Paltrow countersued for $1 as well as legal costs, joining Taylor Swift in the iconic symbolic dollar countersuits. Is that a word? Dunno, I just made it up. The eight-day trial was live-streamed from March 21st to the 30th in 2023. Clips of the wild choice of questioning aimed at Paltrow made their way into our daily scrolls. The courtroom looks made it onto every fashion website. And a courtroom whisper became an iconic meme. I wish you well. Grace, from a legal viewpoint, what stood out to you about this case? The behaviour of the lawyers in the courtroom made no sense to me whatsoever. It was like they were at home chilling. Also, Dion, like, every fashion writer out there was like, Gwyneth Slade, she did mm. goth chic, Wednesday Adams, classy and casual, funeral attire, yacht club aesthetic. Why mm. were people so obsessed with her looks? Is it the case that they were, like, obsessed with, particularly because it was Gwyneth, is what I think it was. Mm. It's like an anomaly, isn't it? Yeah. To see a celebrity in court for this kind of trial, and I think mostly because they're just so blimmin' expensive. Oh my God. Yeah. So she expensive. Was, she was wearing like the row and like expensive things from her clothing. Her own label. Yeah. yeah. And it was like $9,000 for a cashmere jumper. I'm mm-hmm. like, damn. Grace, do lawyers advise their clients on how to dress for court? Is that a thing? I have before. Okay. I've represented people that only live in tracksuits and pajamas. <laughs> and I've said things like, please just don't wear a tracksuit for okay. court. You're trying to make a good first impression and just wear something that's appropriate. You wouldn't even believe what people think is appropriate to go to court. I've had onesies. I've had slippers. In the pandemic, when cases were remote, I literally sent a text that says, 
please sit up. The judge won't want to see you laying down in bed. What the no. hell? That was in the pandemic. Where do you think courtroom fashion comes from, Dion? Like, where does it start? Do you know what? It's going to have begun as soon as we've begun judging people by what they wear. Mm. We've always done that. We're used to, like, stratify, like, for social classes, say, you belong to this class mm-hmm. and you belong to this class. And I guess people started to, like, really manipulate and use clothing to help fight their case and try to project a certain image. Because I guess if you look way back, we didn't always have access to fashion. You only had what you could make with your own hands or pay someone to make for you. If you didn't have much money, you can't get much made. So the best you could do is wear clean clothes to the courtroom. So then you turn up in your best. You might wear for church, but you wear it to court. Then people become obsessed with what people are wearing to court. And I think it's because the fact that, you know, we like to play detective and we want to watch along at home. And we know... What people wear is like one of the biggest non-verbal communications. 100%. So we can sit back and play detective. Oh, look at their shoes. Mm-hmm. They're a bit scuffed. Only a person who would do that kind of thing would wear scuffy shoes. And like, we just make these presumptions. But yeah. And that's why when you go to court, you wear mm-hmm. certain colours perhaps, you wear certain styles to try to project that image because they know that's what people will associate those outfits or colours with. I noticed that Gwyneth wore two suited up looks and I've actually noticed that women do tend to wear suits and blazers in court, kind of tapping into their, like, masculine side. Why do you think that is? What do you think the psychology is behind that? It's about power, mm. isn't it? It's power dynamics at play. Yeah. If we think back again, historically, for hundreds and hundreds of years, who's made the decisions in, our, in the Western world? It's been men. What do they wear when they're making these decisions? It was suits. So what happens is something called conditioning. Like, the more often you see one thing paired with another thing they become associated over time Mm. so we see men having power men wearing suits therefore suits equals power Ah, so it's like it becomes symbolic of it but when you want to be taken seriously you think well what what does a serious person look like yeah and i think like sometimes women stop just short of carrying a briefcase as well and they go for that look and like just asking for a friend (laughs) but like what colors can people wear to help a case i mean barristers there's Mm. an expectation we wear black or navy right those Mm -hmm. are the two colors i look like i'm funeral ready every day (laughs) when i first started as a barrister i would wouldn't have any color on my nails I would wear very conservative makeup. My hair would always be tied back. Mm. Presentation is key. There was a judge once that refused to hear from me because he could see my hair underneath (gasps) my wig. Wow. So it's very male-dominated still to this day. Mm -hmm. And it's only as I've got more experienced it and I've been in it a few years now that I feel comfortable having my nails painted, Mm -hmm. wearing the makeup I want to wear and having my hair down. Mm -hmm. Wow. When we look at, say, Depp and Heard and the lawyer walked in in a white suit head to toe, you're not going to see that in the UK. Even recently, like with Cardi B and yeah, Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah, wearing purple. Purple, yes. bright purple, white fur. And there is a snobbery, especially in the UK. If an advocate, a barrister or solicitor walks in, they're wearing something inappropriate. Eyebrows are raised. Do you feel like it's harder on women if a woman is a defendant? Like it is harder for them to kind of like win over The importance of dress in a courtroom can't be underestimated. When we have a defendant in the US, they're in a jumpsuit if they're incarcerated. They give them a suit to put on before the jewellery come in because the fear is if a jury sees them in a jumpsuit, they will presume they're guilty. Right. And same in the UK, prison attire tends to be a grey tracksuit, a navy tracksuit, and we give them the option of having a clothes parcel sent into prison with a suit in Because again, the negative connotation, if they look like they're already in prison, even though they might just be on remand waiting trial, it can affect the mind of the jury. Are there certain colours that announce 
I'm innocent. I mean, white, presumably. I've never seen a defendant give evidence in a white suit, no. (laughs) In in the US. Yeah, probably in the US. (laughs) There's no colours that are linked with any kind of behaviour or any personality type, but we socially are conditioned to believe... A woman who wears red, they're going to be less trustworthy. Like a they're going to be like, yeah, yeah. More, more sexually promiscuous. Yeah. Men see them that, that way and, and women do. So you're never going to see somebody in the UK wearing like head to toe red in court. No. You want to look innocent. So you wear like nice, soft, subtle colours. The pastels. The pastels. Mm. You go for primary school teachers vibes. Mm. Miss like Honey from Matilda. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She's, I would, yeah. She'd I would be innocent. A, I would rock a red... Like latex. No, don't do that. Why? Straight to prison, you go. (laughs) Well, like a nice red cat suit. (laughs) Wow, she did it. You know, I've got barrister friends that won't wear red lipstick because judges have made comments to them about looking inappropriate and too promiscuous for a courtroom because they've got red lipstick. Ugh, eye roll. Sanderson's testimony began in Park City, Utah, with his account of the ski collision. He stated that he heard something he's never never heard heard before at a ski resort. resort. He heard a blood-curdling scream. And then... And it was like somebody was out out of control control and going to hit a tree tree and was going to die. And that's what I had until I was hit. He got hit in his back so so hard. A serious smack. serious smack. He's never been hit that hard. Never. And I'm flying. I'm absolutely flying. That was soon to be followed up by an explanation of what Exhibit 111 was. The following is a dramatic reconstruction. It has been created from courtroom transcripts which have been condensed and edited for clarity. Did you think it was cool to collide with a celebrity? Absolutely not. That is not who I am, no. Do you ever write that? Ever tell anybody that? I don't think it came out in those words, but I I don't... I don't remember that, but I I think I was trying to communicate to my kids. And the reason was because I got calls from friends that knew my kids that heard I got crushed on the, at the ski resort. I thought, I got to, I got to let my kids know I'm okay. That was my main point. I don't want them to worry about me. I'm okay. And so I, I just started it out. I'm, and may have said I'm famous or something. We all unanimously eye-rolled then when he said I was crushed on the mountain. First of all, Gwyneth Paltrow is about seven stone wet. She's not crushing anyone. The second thing is, is that I think the motive behind his own lawyer asking him this question is so that his narrative is out there first. Right. She knows this piece of evidence exists Mm. and she's trying to get him to explain it away before it can be used against him. But the problem with that being is that his answer makes no sense. If you're trying to let your children know you've been in a serious skiing accident, but you're okay, who on earth uses the subject title, I'm famous? And why send it via email? Wouldn't you just call? Yeah, I'm not being funny, but it's just giving champagne problems, isn't it? (laughs) He said, like, my kids, my kids, so many times as well. Like, something about the way he's speaking feels so effortful. Yeah. Like, he's really trying to convey and convince I'm a homely, I'm a father, I was crushed. But it's like such a juxtaposition between him trying so hard mm. and then Gwyneth there looking relaxed. And I think like to bring it back to what she was wearing again, she just looked, I think, quite effortless. Oh, in yeah. her style. Like, she didn't even try. Yeah. She, didn't, she didn't go hard, like trying to be like proper suited and booted and yeah. properly like structured. She even walked in like wearing, they're not Timberlands, they were Celine versions, yeah. but they look mm. like Timberlands. There's nothing court appropriate mm. about 
Timberland looking boots. Yeah. But to her, it seemed like it was not comical, but mm-hmm. she just wasn't serious but compared yeah. to his effort. But you know him. what? You can't compete with the Nepo baby. Gwyneth Paltrow is a Nepo baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. You've lost. Mm. You've lost. You can't like, compete where you don't compare. Listen. Okay, we're going to pull that out. Could you pull up, uh, yes, Defense Exhibit 111? We're going to call it the I'm Famous email. This is good. All right. So I want to go through this um, Defense Exhibit 111. Do you see, first of all, there are two posts. The first one looks like on the bottom is the first at uh, 8 o'clock p.m. And then the response was at 9.32 p.m. Do you see that? I do. All right. The message reads, and I'm just, just tell me if I read it right. From you to Jenny, Polly, and Shay. Those are your three daughters. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. Okay. And the subject said, I'm famous. Do you see that? I Mental. Do. What the- Why did you write, I'm famous? You know, again, my head was scrambled. All I was trying to do was desperately communicate with my kids before they desperately. heard from somebody else. No, like sorry, can crush. we stop the tape? <laughs> It's, it's giving fame whore. Like, yeah. what is happening? Seriously, I'm famous. That's so damaging, that email. That, yeah. that to me, would seal that. Why yeah. did his family let him go ahead with this? What I think is mad is he obviously wanted his 15 minutes of fame. Mm-hmm. And money. Yeah, but it's like, you've probably lived a really good life. You've got the money. Do you need the fame too? Literally, he's travelling everywhere. He's an eye doctor. Is there a time limit for making a claim on an injury like what Sanderson is making, Grace? Because he originally filed his lawsuit in 2019. So did the years that he didn't make a claim put him in a less than an ideal situation? In the UK, it's three years. It's three years from the date of accident to bring a claim under negligence. That's not it concluding. That's the first document you have to lodge with the court. Right. Why did it take so long for the trial to begin? Insofar as between him issuing a claim and the trial happening, there's a lot to do when it comes to a trial. I mean, the evidence they had, they had the reconstruction. That in itself takes a lot of time and a lot of money to make. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, between issuing and trial can be years in itself. But in England, as long as you issue before the three years, the trial could still be six years after the accident. It just depends on court. If you were going to court, not as a barrister, let's say you guys were going to court because someone was trying to sue you, what are you wearing? I would research what the lawyers wear and dress like a lawyer. Why? Because I feel like if it's good enough for the lawyers to wear, the ones that are used to being in a courtroom every single day, I would try and emulate that. Interesting. Safety in numbers. What about you, Dion? Hmm. See, I'm going to want to wear something like really fabulous, like some Alexander McQueen number. Not okay. that I've got McQueen money, <laughs> but maybe I can find something on like Vinted. I don't know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but not to get serious, but because I'm a black woman, mm, you yeah. have to watch yourself. Yeah. Especially because you are being judged not just on how you dress, but your colour of your skin. So I'm already fitting certain stereotypes and there's already certain expectations of me. So I have to think about what I'm wearing, not only to look like serious and look like I wouldn't have done whatever I'm being accused of, but also to appeal to what's going to be a mainly non-black audience Mm. and try my best to separate myself from whatever they think I'm associated with, which is is, is another layer. The extra consideration is just... I have to watch my hair. No cane rows for me that day. No, no, no. What do they call them? Like gel rows? Gel rows for me. (laughs) No. that's mental. Yeah. Nothing too colourful, so I'm not seen as flamboyant. It's got to be like a long, like a long straight black wig or something, no? You have to go like Naomi when she had that, that beehive wig. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would, if I was going to court, I think I would wear 
like a nice mm. black power suit. I think I'd do like flared 70s black trousers. Oh, nice. Some platforms. Platform yeah. shoe. I think I might do a Vivian Westwood platform. They don't do my size because I don't cater to people with wide feet, but we move. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're going to sue Vivian Westwood for discrimination on the wide feet. <laughs> I'm a wide-footed babe. <laughs> and then I'd have like long black hair, a nude lip. Yeah. And then some shades just because to hide. No pictures, no pictures, guys. Now I'm finding her guilty because she's hiding her eyes. Don't tell me you guys haven't like dreamt of like a power suit to court. Yeah. I've practiced this, guys. <laughs> I can tell. Like I've got too much time on my hands. <laughs> I'm taking us back to Park City, Utah, a town once known for the mining of silver, a place that held the Olympic Winter Games in 2002, an area renowned for its powder snow. It was also where Paltrow was questioned by Kristen Van Orman, Sanderson's attorney. You might remember her from a lot of the TikToks that were made at the time. I was skiing and two skis came between my skis, uh, forcing my legs apart. And then there was a body pressing against me and there was a very strange grunting noise. So my brain was trying to make sense of what was happening. I thought, am I, is this a practical joke? Is someone like doing something perverted? This is really, really strange. My mind was going very, very quickly and I was trying to ascertain what was happening. And if the court and Ms. Paltrow, if you don't mind, since again, when we did this over Zoom. Would you mind stepping down and us kind of acting this out a little bit so I could get a good feel? The court doesn't mind if I act it out, correct? We're not going to reenact what happened. I think you can ask questions, and yes, if you want to stand and move around in order to help you with those questions, you can do that, but that's as far as we're going to go. Yes, perfect. That's, that's not a problem at all. All right, so since you're not down here, um, may I ask how tall you are? I am just under 5'10". Okay, I am so jealous I because... I think I'm shrinking, though. You and me both. I have to wear four-inch heels. Not her fangirling. She was so informal with Gwyneth Paltrow. Her behaviour throughout the entirety of this trial was as if she was sat with her friends at home over a glass of wine. I feel like Sanderson and his lawyer are clout chasers. Yeah, I I'm agree. I'm like, honey... Just even the fact she's like, I'm so jealous. It's like, is this not, re it's not really the, the time? No. Like, babe, and a, and a lot of barristers will try and build up a rapport. We call it like a honey trap. Mm. So you'll try and make friends with someone before you go in for the kill with some killer question that they can't wriggle out of. But that never happened here. This is Gwyneth Paltrow. Like, she has been famous for years. You think you can just do that small, small fangirl and then she's going to be like, oh, you can trap me. Like, she's probably used to people doing that all the time. Her wasn't so buying it's like, it. Yeah, so it's like, she she's just like, oh, But it made me yeah. cringe. It like, was, so cringe. It was like, oh, I'm, I'm so jealous. Like, how about you just stop talking? Yeah. Ask the questions you're meant to ask and then we can all go home. I have to wear four-inch heels just to make it to 5'5". Five five. So, well... They're very nice. <laughs> well, thank you. So, all right. So, as of right now, I'm Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Are my feet oriented correctly? Yes. Go ahead and tell me how to move them. I think, you know, skiing down, going to the right. Okay. So, about... Okay. Probably a little bit further apart. Okay. About like that? And then two skis slide slowly between my skis. All right. So... My feet are about, what, a foot apart, would you say? 18 inches? Probably. Okay, and you believe that two skis slid right between 
That is correct. Okay, and so all of a sudden you see these two skis coming in between your legs. Yes. I would have freaked out too. And I did. Like, I would have freaked out too. Nobody really cares whether you, Miss Lawyer, would have freaked out or not. Gwyneth doesn't care. You're hearing her voice. She's tired. She's like, I want to be at home with my baby. It's just annoying. Like, I want to be sticking a jade up my vag, not doing this. (laughs) Do you know what's... She does do that. She sells them. She does. Quite expensive, you know. Actually, Grace, I wanted to ask you because... The judge clearly refused to allow a, a reenactment to happen, but then it is basically happening anyway. So, like, would this be allowed anywhere other than this court in Utah? I think he refused the reenactment, her using other people to right. reenact the, the two people in the collision, because she initially asked Gwyneth Paltrow to step down. The judge said, no, no, we're not going to do that. But if you want to move yourself around to indicate following the answers to the question, yeah. then we can see. I mean, I would never ask a witness in a witness box to get out of the witness box to spoon me for a demonstration which is effectively what she must have been asking but you do sometimes have to use your body it paints a picture so even in court when we do car crash trials sometimes a judge might have two little toy cars and then put them next to each other and give them to the witness and say, tell me how these two cars collided with each other so that we've got a visual to see Ah. the mechanisms. Because all that's trying to prove is that their client's account matches the mechanism of the accident. It's almost like they knew that everybody was watching and so she wanted to make it even like a bigger thing. Mm -hmm. Because, of course, if Gwyneth Paltrow started doing a reenactment, that would be in all the papers. Yeah, exactly that. And you take away Gwyneth Paltrow, that's a dry trial. Yeah. That is not, that <laughs> is is not an interesting trial to watch. It's drier than toast, hon. <laughs> no butter. Okay, so... Less of the commentary, please. Just ask the questions. So the skis are coming. How far did the skis get in between your legs before you guys fell? His body pressed up into my back. Okay. So I froze. I don't know exactly how far the skis would have come through. Okay. Because then I noticed his body pressing against my back. Okay. And then it was probably a few good seconds, and then we fell to the right. Somebody must have caught an edge. Okay. So when you guys are, when you froze and you're skiing together, I think you said at one point you, it was like you were spooning. Well, when we fell down, we fell, I fell on his body, and he fell on the ground, and so it was kind of like a spoon on the ground. All right. So... Going back here, um, you guys are on the ground. Now, you, you realize, right, you're, and you're not saying to the jury that this was in any way, shape, or form a sexual assault. I am not saying that. Okay. I'm just saying what went through my mind for a split second when it was happening. All right, great. So you're down on the ground, and then you started yelling at him. I, I don't remember if I started yelling at him while I was on the ground. I remember pushing him away because I was very upset and it was all very strange to me what had happened. Um, And I pushed down the hill and I turned around and I said, and I yelled at him. Okay, did you scream before you went down? I don't think so. Okay, so if others heard a scream, you wouldn't, that wasn't you? No, I froze when he slid between my skis, I absolutely froze. And I don't remember yelling or screaming until I was very angry at what had happened. Okay. And so you guys are on the ground. 
Mm -hmm. uh, and then you said to him, I, I think you don't know if you were up or if you were still on the ground. But he was still on the ground, right? Yes. When you said, what are you doing? Yes. Okay. Like, why did you do that? Yes. And he said, I think you skied into me. Yes. And that's when you were furious and said, you skied directly into my effing back at the top of your lungs. Yes, I did. Okay. I apologize for my bad language. Gwyneth Paltrow speaks with such conviction. 100%. She could sell ice to an Eskimo. Yep. Literally, she's like, even though she's like, mm -hmm, mm hmm, she's confident. She knows what went down. Jay Z rapped about this, right? Sorry to go off topic, but not really. Jay Z has said famously, when you're rich and famous, you have a separate bank account for people that want to just sue you for no damn reason. Yeah. yeah. And this is what it feels like. Because yeah. even the fact that her first response was, what the F are you doing? Mm -hmm. It's obviously like he saw her and was like, that's Gwyneth Paltrow. Like, let's get paid. He probably didn't think it was going to get this far. Mm. He probably thought, if I, if I sue her, we will settle this out of court and I'll walk away with a nice 30 grand. In the case of celebrity trials, we often see high-profile Hollywood attorneys fighting the case. But with this case, what I found fascinating was Sanderson and Paltrow were represented by local lawyers. And Sanderson's lead counsel referred to himself as just a country lawyer about a billion times during mm. the trial. So what would the thinking be behind that? So Sanderson is a, a regular person. So, of course, he's going to go to his local law firm, a right. high street firm, a firm he may even have previous experience with. Mm -hmm. So that one doesn't surprise me at all. And then with Gwyneth Paltrow, remember, she's suing him for $1. So she doesn't need to be spending thousands and thousands of dollars. Mm. And also, it's not a complex case. It's who crashed into whom. This doesn't need the glamorous, high-profile attorneys. The fact he keeps saying, I'm just a country lawyer, is intentional. Because you've got to remember, the jury in this trial will be local to the court. Okay. So it's trying to build that rapport to say, look, we're just the weak, normal Sneaky. person against the, the big hotshot celebrity. I'm just a country lawyer. I'm your neighbour. Do you know what I mean? It's trying to get that relatability. So it's intentional. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Warning! Warning! 
We're about to officially enter rich people problems. This is the land where the worst thing that can happen to you is losing half a day of skiing when you paid for a full day. Or you might bump into someone who's wearing the same Patek Philippe as you. Or you spot someone wearing the same Louis Vuitton you just saw on the runway that you're still on the waiting list for. I think you get the picture. Hold on. I think someone's saying something. Miss Paltrow, I want to talk with you about the counterclaim. Is it true that you feel it's unfair that Mr. Sanderson has brought this case against you? I do. Okay. And he has deterred you from enjoying the rest of what was a very expensive vacation. Well, I lost half a day of skiing. Uh-huh. Yes. Right. Okay. And uh, I, I think that's, that's what your counsel has argued as well, that you lost, that you had a full day pass, but you can only ski half a day. Yes, I went back down after lunch. Okay, right. And that's when you had lunch and you got a massage. Okay. Um, didn't get your knee checked out and didn't have any kind of medical attention. I have to give it to Gwyneth. She's giving us celebrity. Mm. She's performing oh, yeah. celebrity. If Gwyneth Paltrow is going to be speaking in the court, that's what we want. Yeah. All the stuff that is just not relatable. That's yeah. what we're here for. Yeah, because she could have sued for like broken goggles that were worth thousands of pounds because <laughs> they were Celine, you know what I mean? Yes. But I don't think that's a good move from her. Right. Because I think that could actually make a jury turn against you and not like you. I, I feel like she didn't privileged. care, did yeah. she? Yeah. She was treating him and the case like it was like a fly in her ointment. Like it was like yes. small... Yes. and trivial and it was a nuisance and, for her to well, be there a small nuisance I lost half a day skiing yeah. and that's she's that like my presence is a present mm-hmm. like you yes. can feel the energy that she's mm-hmm. like I will pay you dust like you're not even a thing you're not even a factor but then saying that she could have meant it in the opposite way because the question was something like it ruined your very expensive holiday she could be saying I lost half a day skiing as in that's the most extreme it gets I was able to ski uh, post collision because it wasn't that deep yes So we don't know the way she was trying to play it. Well, she was playing with us then because I thought she was giving us celebrity. She may well have been. Yeah. I'm here for it. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, okay, cool. Okay, Gwyneth. No, it didn't feel acute in any way. It just felt like I had overstretched my knee and I had sustained a blow, but it didn't feel like it needed medical attention. Okay, and you're bringing this claim for $1. I am. Okay, in fact, your counsel, Steve, you still have that dollar bill that... Do you want the $1 bill again? I'm not even going to respond to that. Yeah, no, I don't need it. You sure? I don't need it. What we don't get from this is the fact that this crazy lawyer is stood there waving her arms frantically back and forth. What she's trying to do is grab a dollar bill from someone else in the courtroom to hold up. But she's, again, making it so unnecessarily theatrical and it's just cringy all the time. You saw Mr. Owens wave that $1 round, right? I did. Okay, $1 in symbolic damages. Is that accurate? It's an actual dollar that I'm asking for. Okay, but you also have testified when I asked you questions in your deposition. Yes. That that $1 is symbolic. Do you remember me asking you about that? It's symbolic because the damages would actually be more. Okay, and but remember me asking you, is it symbolic? And you said, yes, it is. Yes. Okay. And I asked you as well what you learned about that through Taylor Swift because she asked for $1 in symbolic damages, right? And I think I said at that point I had not been familiar with it, but I since am. Now you are. 
But at the time, a couple of years ago in 2020, I, you didn't know anything about Taylor Swift's $1 symbolic damage lawsuit. Pause. Because I, I, I'm struggling to understand what is the symbolic $1 counterclaim? What does it mean? And also, what does it mean in a UK context? All it means is that you have to sue for some amount of money. A dollar or a pound is the least you can sue for. Ah. So what it shows is that you're not trying to do it to get money. You're trying to do it to make a point. Ah. So that's why it's a symbolic. And then the, the relation to Taylor Swift is Taylor Swift got sued by that DJ David Muller because he blamed her for him losing his job because she made allegations that he had groped her. So Taylor Swift countersued for a dollar and then the court agreed with Taylor Swift. She was awarded that dollar, but then there was also a finding that this DJ had groped Taylor Swift. So they're basically trying to show that actually you don't really want to sue Sanderson, do you? You're just copying your celebrity friend, Taylor Swift. And does Gwyneth actually get a dollar? Like she says, she will, if she wins, ah. you physically receive a dollar, which is what the, what the whole thing about, give me a dollar, let me wave it around. This is all you're here for. So for Gwyneth, it's about making a point. Yeah. Okay. And that's, it carries such favour with the jury because if you compare Gwyneth Paltrow, who's suing for a dollar, and then Sanderson, who was initially suing, I think, for $300 million or some absurd sum. It was $3 million. $3 million, It does show that there's such a difference in the motivation behind each one of their claims. Mm. Wow. Just relevance, Your Honour. Yeah, because I asked her about it at the time and she denied it, correct? I was not aware at the time. Okay, are you good friends with Taylor Swift? No. You, honestly, Relative. this lawyer, she's... Overruled. You're not good friends with Taylor Swift. She's a Swiftie now. Know. She's reaching. We're good friends. We are friendly. I take my kids... I've taken my kids to one of her concerts before, but we don't talk very often. You've never given Miss Swift personal, um, intimate gifts. How is this... Well, How you're is this relevant. See what I mean? You've just an objection exactly the same time <laughs> as the lawyer did. It's not relevant. She's just trying to show that she's copied Taylor Swift and that her and Taylor Swift are thick as thieves, they're best friends, and that's why there's an objection to relevance because where does it take you? Let's say they are best friends. It still doesn't show anything. Sustained as to relevance. Well, she's just said that she wasn't friends with her, so I'm inquiring on that. We'll ask her about Oprah. I mean... Mr. Owens, uh, sustained. Please move on. I think that was uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's lawyer that said, you might as well ask her about Oprah. <laughs> and then I think it was the judge being like, oh, back in your box now, Gwyneth yeah, Paltrow's lawyer. she's kind of a joke, isn't she? Yeah, Everyone's mocking her. Ridiculous. And that's the thing, when you've got a lawyer that's mocking the other lawyer, again, to a jury... That just shows that the lawyer, so Sanderson's lawyer, is a bit of a joke. Losing credibility. Straight yeah. away. Sanderson claimed that his life after the accident deteriorated significantly. He said he lived an active lifestyle, couldn't ski, couldn't partake in the activities like he used to, and it also affected his communication skills, causing his relationship with his girlfriend to end because he had no joy in his life, apparently. So Paltrow's lawyers then came in with receipts from his Facebook. The receipts! Sanderson had posted pictures of himself doing various things like hiking, kayaking, scuba diving, skiing after the ski collision. He also travelled a lot. So he walked the Golden Trail in Machu Picchu. He ziplined in Costa Rica and did multiple boat trips in the Netherlands. If that's a deteriorated lifestyle, honey, I would take it. The amount of cases I've personally done that have been won or lost 
based on social media is ridiculous. I've had clients in exactly this position that have claimed that their lifestyles change, that they're practically paralyzed from the neck down, and then their social media show that they go oh, zip lining, uh-uh. parasailing, and we have what's called fundamental dishonesty in the UK. So if that is the case, a judge can find you fundamentally dishonest and find your claim fundamentally dishonest. And then not only do you have to pay your own legal fees, but you have to pay the other side's legal fees as well. Ooh. Or you can even go to prison. Like, Ooh, no. it's really serious. So there are people that are solely employed to investigate people's social media. And all this evidence is admissible before the court where they will go through Instagram, Facebook, anything that's on the public platform, and they will timestamp, they will screenshot, and they will make a chronology of all your social media posts at the time where you are claiming that you can't walk. Come on, get a burner account or something. Do you know what I mean? Come on. What if you delete the stuff? Depends whether they've got to it or not. I had a guy once that was claiming to be paralysed from a car crash and then all they did was download a video of him in a pool party in Ibiza a month after. You know that was what? it. Living his done. best life. I'm done. Dion, let's yes. talk stealth wealth. Cause oh, okay. Sophia Ritchie was doing all the quiet luxury uh, and <laughs> Gwyneth was giving us stealth wealth. Like, what is that exactly? And how do you think that helped her? I'm innocent. Mm-hmm. Wardrobe. Think about, like, particularly wealth in the UK. They have all these rules that you don't talk about money. Mm-hmm. First. You don't shout. You're not garish. And I guess what stealth wealth does is a trend is that it's not loud and it's not garish. Yeah. They're very understated, quiet outfits. So you're whispering your wealth, aren't mm-hmm. you? And the only people that know are those who are in the know. Yeah. And the people who are part of your little social tribe who are also like the elite and the wealthy. You're only interested in signaling to other people like you. Because mm-hmm. the people who aren't in your clique won't be aware that the bag you're carrying is like 10 grand. Yeah, can't appreciate the assets. They can't appreciate it. Are wearing these like understated outfits and kind of signaling stealth wealth you're saying can't you see who I am Mm. you know I'm a woman of class of standing of repute so I wouldn't do these things or I wouldn't be guilty of these things she's literally communicating non-verbally with her clothes I'm above all of this Mm. somebody like me would not do this it's not in my character well you know what they say money talks wealth whispers yeah and I feel like like that is Gwyneth Paltrow yeah yeah. and I think she speaks to that kind of middle America middle class woman like people want to be her yeah single mom as well the people who buy from Goop they're trying to be like Gwyneth like she knows that people look up to her as aspiration like Mm -hmm. she's goals she's selling a lifestyle exactly and she was selling a lifestyle when she was walking into that court every single day one of her tops sold out after wearing it oh stop it really yeah one of the black ones It it sold out Grace, when Sanderson originally filed against Paltrow, he wanted $3 million, but then this had to go down to $300,000. That's a drop. Right? How do you quantify, like, what a person's quality of life is worth? What are these numbers based on? Nothing is the answer. In the UK, we have very strict guidelines. So hurting yourself, hurting your foot, you get between this bracket of injury. If you hurt your back for between one year and two years equals this bracket of injury. We have specific brackets and that's called the Judicial College Guidelines. In America, 
it is just free. It's a free-for-all. So I've done a trial in America where the, the lawyer I was working with says to the jury, what is my client's life worth to you? You spend $5 a day on a cup of coffee. Are you saying my client's life isn't worth more than a cup of coffee? And it just makes, mm. it, it's just ludicrous. And Grace, how often do you come across symbolic $1 counterclaims? Was Taylor Swift the first person to do it? I've never had a personal experience of a, of a $1, one pound claim. But again, it tends to be for those that are making a point, especially one that's going to be then reflected in the public eye. Not going to lie, when I become famous, guys, I'm going to do my $1 counterclaim. <laughs> I'm going to be like, I'm doing this just to prove a point. <laughs> okay? You've got to be sued to have a counterclaim, though. Oh, yeah, okay. Actually, don't so don't sue put me. that energy out. Okay, yeah, don't sue me, don't sue me. <laughs> uh, hello? Sorry, who? Um, okay. Yeah, sure, we'll be there. So that was Utah calling. They said the verdict's just come in and we need to hear it. Has the jury reached a verdict? We have, Your Honor. Will you please hand it to the bailiff and the bailiff will bring it to me? Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you. We will now have the clerk read the verdict. Was Gwyneth Paltrow at fault? No. Was Terry Sanderson at fault? Yes. Did Terry Sanderson's fault cause Gwyneth Paltrow's harm? Yes. Comparative fault. What percent of the fault do you assign to Terry Sanderson? 100%. Who said that? Who said that? That was Gwyneth Paltrow's look. That is mad. Mad. You can't say that. You can't say, I've never had a judgment or a verdict. And we've gone, yeah, that's sweet. Like, that is wild. That is so crazy. Honestly, you can do what you want in America courtroom. I'm do here, what for, you I'm here want. for the drama, can't I? Like, next time I get a verdict, I'm going to go, yes. <laughs> damages. What amount fairly compensates Gwyneth Paltrow for economic damages? One dollar. Nah, no, no, no. He sounds like a college bro. Absolutely not. Signed March 30th, 2023. The verdict was followed by a moment that literally took the internet by storm. It was the whisper, because Paltrow got up to leave and whispered something in Sanderson's ear before she walked out of the courtroom, and there were, like, loads of memes about what she said, but then we found out she said, I wish you well. And his response was like, thank you, dear. Wow. What would you have whispered to him? I would always advise my clients, just leave. You don't need to say anything. Leave the courtroom. Like it's you don't you've got nothing to prove at that point. You've been you've been vindicated, you've been acquitted, or you've got the conviction or the outcome you wanted. Just go out with your head held high. I'd be extra. You know, like in Love Island when she's like last year when uh, India was like, May the best heart break a win. Like I feel like I would just want to say something like It happens a lot, you know. It happens a lot. I mean, I've been cussed out after uh, when I've worked. Yeah, by someone that I've either got a conviction against or that I've just had a victory over. They went, yeah, well, Daniela. And I was like, <gasps> Sorry, it's oh, not funny. oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, so it does happen, but it's just embarrassing. Grace, would Gwyneth have got into trouble if she whispered an insult? Like, F you very much. I mean, you could get held in contempt of court for kicking off in a courtroom, but I mean, the reality is, no, you're not getting into trouble. The, well, the judge has probably already left at this point because the judge tends to leave first before the parties do. So no is, is the answer. Her whispering to him though, just kind of it feeds into that whole 
I'm above this and I'm yeah. better than yes. this again. What a waste even of time wa- for you. What a waste. Oh, I wish you well, dear. It's, oh. It wasn't even worth actually using her real voice. She said, I'm just going to whisper. Yeah. I'm going to whisper. <laughs> just like that well. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Right. But you've got to remember as well, this is a potentially devastating loss for him because there's going to be a hearing about the costs because she's pursuing him paying her legal costs. Ooh. He'll be grateful she didn't use a celebrity lawyer then. Well, yeah, but they're still going to be astronomical, especially with the reconstruction they made the digital one of all the little skiers coming down the slope even that's going to be expensive Sanderson did go on record and say that he was mulling over an appeal that's what they all say how how would that work is it going to happen absolutely not it's not not cost effective for him to do that you can't just appeal because you don't like the answer you have to appeal for a certain reason whether it's the judge got the law wrong whether there was evidence that wasn't produced you know you can't just not like the answer and then think well I'll appeal then you've got to meet a test do you think he was just saying that just to like almost get like the final say is yeah. like, this won't be the end of, you know, exactly this won't that. be the last you'll see me. Exactly that. Okay. And, and as a dig, to say the jury got it wrong. What do people need to know about the risks of personal injury claims like this one? I mean, if you're lying, there can be cost consequences. Like I said, the fundamental dishonesty, a judge can order you to pay your own legal costs and the other side's legal costs. But I mean, if I was to sue you and then I was unsuccessful and it was for a personal injury claim, I wouldn't then have to pay your costs. Oh. Because there's something called qualified one-way cost shifting in the UK. And what that means is basically that your costs, I don't have to pay. It's uh, no order as to costs. Ah, It's a bit like, it's a little bit like, no win, no fee. Oh, yeah, yeah, It's a little bit like that. Okay, okay. But yeah, if I was to sue you and I was to lose... I would not have to pay your costs. Ah. So you would have to swallow that by defending the claim. Okay. Unless certain things happened, but as a general rule, no. As it stands, Terry Sanderson has not appealed. Gwyneth Paltrow has caused for sales of her favourite spot drying lotion to rise. And Warner Brothers Discovery have commissioned a TV documentary called Gwyneth vs Terry, The Ski Crash Trial. So if you like this... You're probably going to enjoy that. Listener, before I leave, I just wanted to wish you well. In this episode of Courtroom Drama, Gwyneth Paltrow was played by Laura K. Bailey, Terry Sanderson by Jamie Harris, Kristen Van Orman by Georgia Winters, and additional voices by Jake Wardle and Georgia Winters. This episode features special guests Grace Rose Gwynn and Dr. Dion Terlong. Courtroom Drama is a crime and investigation original podcast made by ITM Productions, hosted by Tiz Moi, me, Jackie Adedeji, and it is produced by Raj Panda. Assistant producer and sound design by Lucy Evans. Production manager is Emily Jarvis. Executive producer is Rabina Pabani. And commissioning editors are Sam Pearson and Di Carter. <laughs>